And when I turned 26, I remember crying. I have no idea what I want to do with my life. I'm getting old. And I really meditated and I kept thinking, I, I need to, to find my path. And the path that needs to be something that lights me up. And then I, I started thinking about what do I really love? And what I love more than anything is people. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Maju Pali. I'm the community manager here at CZ Universe. And today I'm very happy to be here with Laura Rose. Uh, she is one of our amazing uh, interviewees for the Women's Place. So, for those who don't know, CZ Universe is an NGO that supports girls from all over the world um, through developing hard and soft skills for them to be leaders not only of their lives but also of the change and a woman's place is a program that is focused on um, giving the girls the opportunity to know other women in many fields and of course help them to guide through this decision making process when it comes to their career and we are very very happy to have laura rose here with us today so laura would you like to introduce yourself hi Maju. thank you so much for inviting me to join you today it's lovely to meet you um yeah so my name is laura and rose is my last name but a lot of people think it's my second name um and i my career is that i'm um, the ceo and co-founder of an organization, a not-for-profit in the United States called Greenheart International. And we facilitate cultural exchange experiences for young people all over the world who are interested in doing um, everything from studying in a high school and living with a host family to doing work and travel programs or internship or trainee. And uh, over the years, we've facilitated the experiences of about 160,000 people from 85 countries. And um, yeah, and then I'm also the co-founder of an organization called Purpose Earth. And Purpose Earth is dedicated to grant and mentorship opportunities for grassroots projects that are finding solutions to some of the world's big challenges, like so environmentally and uh, and socially justice focused. That's really amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. So would you like to tell us a little bit how was this process of getting involved in the nonprofit world? Yeah, so um, it, it was it was a very slow process for me. I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I was younger. Um, I, I remember money was a big issue for me because I didn't have any and I was worried about paying the rent and being independent. I didn't want to rely on a man to take care of me. And um, and so it was very important to me to to make my own living. And and so I thought that that meant that I had to go out and work in the world of of sort of more corporate environment. So when I graduated from university, uh, with a liberal arts degree, I went out looking for jobs and um, I actually worked for a stock brokerage firm for a little while. And I worked for a company selling business phones for a little while. And I didn't like any of it and it didn't resonate with me. And um, 
And when I turned 26, I remember crying and thinking, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. I'm getting old. And what am I going to do? And, um, and then very synchronistically, I met a man through a friend who asked me if I would be interested in working in cultural exchange. And I thought, I didn't really know anything about it. I had grown up in inner city schools and we didn't really have that kind of opportunity. And, um, and I tried it and I was absolutely wowed by the experience of bringing people together from different countries, different nationalities, um, and the experience of blending cultures and finding mutual understanding through facilitation of these programs. And as a result, I, I realized that that's really what I wanted to do with my life. And before that, I had, I had volunteered in different places, but I hadn't actually figured out how to make a living doing it. So it really worked well for me. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. And that's one thing about this nonprofit world. I think um, for me, at least, um, I always thought that it was not possible to make a living out of this. We normally have this understanding of only volunteering. And now seeing a little bit more, like I, um, it's beautiful that uh, it's possible to make a living helping others. So thanks so much for sharing that. And does anything, any, any moment, any passion um, that indicated that interest regarding um, providing service and things related to that? So when I was about 10 years old, I had a dream. And it, I dreamt that I lived in this beautiful cottage and that it was surrounded by flowers and birds and trees, and it was lovely. And I remember being really happy in this dream and thinking, this is a really special place, and I never want to leave it. And then I heard this loud sound on, on the door, kind of a boom, boom, boom. And I knew that someone was calling. And I remember opening this big door and there was mm, like a spirit there. And the spirit was speaking to me and said, uh, come, come with me now. And so I got on what was like a sort of a magic carpet and we took off. And I remember flying and looking down on the roof of this cottage and the trees that got smaller and smaller and smaller as we flew away and looking at all of this beauty and feeling very wistful and sad that I was leaving it. And then, um, and then we kept flying and the scenery changed. And then we came to some really very frightening scenes of suffering and need and hunger. And I was looking down on a very different world than the world I had left in this cottage. And the spirit voice said to me, you must choose. You must choose between staying safe in your little cottage and going out into the world and, and making a difference. And I was only about 10 years old. And I remember waking up and thinking, promising myself that I would always remember that dream. But for a long time, I didn't really know what to do with it. And you know, I always envied those people who knew from the time they were tiny, like my son, 
who knew from the time he was like eight years old, he wanted to be a pilot. Now he's a pilot and he's really happy, but he always knew. And, um, and I didn't, I didn't have any idea. And um, I, I found, I discovered after I entered cultural exchange and since then have gone on to do a lot of other work with philanthropy and not-for-profits. And, and then I remembered that dream and I thought, my, my young mind or somebody was telling me then that that was the path I needed to take. But I had to wait until the road signs were there to find my passion. And I had to wait until I was sort of shown the way. It was like the inner voice finally was tapping again at my door as I got older. But I think it's it's not always easy for people to find that immediately. And sometimes it's frustrating, you know, not to know right away what you want to do. I think like there is this cultural thing that you have to know from a younger age what you want to do. But some people are not like that and some people are like that and both are okay and fine and everyone has something beautiful to contribute to the world. So I would love to know um, how was this process? Uh, you said you uh, were working and realized that you didn't um, feel connected to what you're doing, but how was this process of remembering this this dream, this beautiful dream? And mm. taking the step to do uh, what the dream was telling you. Mm. Yeah, that's a really beautiful question, Maju. Um, there was, I, I, I really believe that there is in all of us, there's a, a, a deep a voice, an inner voice that speaks to us. And when we choose to listen to it, it can it can be very profound. And I think sometimes we have so much pressure. And that's, I think, what happened with me. I had a lot of pressure on me from my parents telling me that I needed to be successful and uh, that, you know, there wasn't going to be support really from them and that I needed to really think about making money and all of those things. So I, I didn't listen for a long time until until I was about 26, when that birthday came, and I really meditated, and I kept thinking, I, I need to, to find my path, and the path that needs to be something that lights me up, that makes me feel passionate. And, and then I, I started thinking about, what do I really love? And what I love more than anything is, is people. I adore making connections with people, seeing people happy, seeing people rise to their potential. And um, I think what I discovered with, with cultural exchange is that over the years, I was able to step into places that I wasn't comfortable in. Um, leadership roles, for example, volunteering to be on boards or to go to Washington, D.C. and advocate for um, more opportunities for cultural exchange students, advocate for visas from for uh, students from underprivileged countries and things like that. And, and every time I did it, I would go out of my comfort zone. And I would say, okay, I know this is going to be hard, but, but the worst that'll happen is I won't be successful. But if I am successful, that could be amazing. And, um, and, and then I had a few little successes. I had some 
some goals that I had set for myself along the way that I, I realized that when you're really passionate about something, people will listen to you and that you can create uh, opportunities for others when, when you're not working um, just to advance your own needs. I think when you're working to advance the needs of, of others and through that you're advancing your own needs by saying, this will fulfill me if I help to complete this for others. That's when you recognize that, that you're really doing something that um, awakens your passion and that speaks to your passion. That's really beautiful and really powerful. So thank you so much for sharing all of this. And um, during those moments, until this um, 26th um, birthday, uh, mm. which seems such a magical moment in your life, and it's so beautiful um, to listen to that. Um, how was the feel? How did you deal with the insecurities, the fears that sometimes comes with the pressure that you mentioned? And um, that's something that I've been saying in all the interviews and. I think it's really important to reinforce that women suffer more pressure to be successful, um, especially in this um, world that we live in. So how was for you to deal with that until this um, revelation moment for you? So how was this process? Certainly not all of it was easy. Um, a lot of it was a struggle. I remember though, at, when I was about 16 or 17, I'd gone through a really uncomfortable teen era and um, had a lot of insecurities, was not sure about myself at all. And I remember thinking that I had this sort of revelation that everybody goes through that. It was sort of this aha moment where I thought, you know what, I know I'm not the only one. And it wasn't because I had a conversation really with anybody except myself. But I just suddenly remember I, I started doing a lot of yoga and I was I, I guess it wasn't really meditation, but um, not in the formal sense of the word. But I spent a lot of time being introspective when I was doing yoga and I started thinking about how if I stop focusing so much on me and focus more on other people that I would have more likelihood of, of being successful, even though I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so I experimented with a few things like in university, I tried a little business organizing events, um, like, you know, asking a group of people if they needed a band or, um, you know, a location to have a party or something, and I would organize it all for them. And, and I, I sort of liked those kind of things. And so I tried different things, but nothing, none of it really stuck. But, um, but another thing that I think really helped me in those moments of doubt, like between jobs, when I was so broke that I was living on a credit card and running it up and collect you know accumulating these huge interest payments and wonder you know thinking how am I going to pay my bills what am I going to do and I remember that I um I actually started thinking okay well maybe what I need to do is ask people who are successful what they do so I remember spending about a month calling people and saying can I invite you for coffee like people that I knew were successful in business were successful in in life and would just 
ask them questions about themselves, kind of like what you're doing, Maju, you know, asking them good questions. And, and they, you know, people are very happy to talk about themselves. And I think that um, provided two opportunities. One, it gave me more confidence to, um, to recognize that I had the ability to, to be more successful than I was giving myself credit for. But it also made me realize how much people enjoy talking about themselves. And so um, it, it opened a lot of doors and I got some really great job offers that way. They weren't jobs that ultimately I ended up liking. I had two or three jobs that I didn't really like. Um, but at least by, by asking people, what makes you passionate? What do you like? And then they would say, well, let me introduce you to somebody else. And as a result, I ended up finding um, different opportunities. I think it's so beautiful to see how connections, connections where you don't want anything else besides just listening. I just love to, I love to see how those connections can end up being the strongest. Um, so thank you so much for sharing all of this. Um, so my next question is a little bit about more on um, the nonprofit world and your career on within it. Um, so for a lot of the girls who are watching this and don't understand very well on what is a nonprofit, how this world world works, could you explain a little bit about it? Sure. So nonprofits are different in every country, right? So it's it's difficult to generalize too much. But um, I'll start with the United States. So in the US, there's a, a designation that one can get for a company. It's called a 501c3. And that designation enables you to um, apply to the government not to have to pay taxes um, on the work that you're doing, but you have to prove that you're doing something that is benefiting mankind in some way. So what she is the universe is doing is a benefit to humankind, to womankind, too. And actually, one of the things that we did through Purpose Earth was help that she is the universe to get that, um, that status so that people can make donations um, to a not-for-profit. And in most countries, there is some benefit to people to do that. So, for example, in the United States, um, if a not-for-profit reaches out to potential donors, um, they can, a donor can say, well, I'd like to give you a hundred dollars. And at the end of the year, they can deduct that from their taxes. Well, a percentage of it can be deducted. It depends on how the tax structure works. So that's sort of the formal definition of a not-for-profit is that, um, there are no shareholders. There are no, um, there, there's no material gain in the sense that there isn't the ambition is not to make money. The ambition is to make enough money, either through donations or through the services that are provided, that there is the ability to pay a fair wage to the people who work for a not-for-profit, and then for the outcome of that work to benefit society. So um, it could be so, a, a not-for-profit can be many, many things. Um, there are a lot of um, organizations that are working to do things like eradicate modern day slavery um, are devoted to that. A lot of um, organizations that are working on environmental sustainability are devoted to that. 
and many of the organizations that Purpose Earth, the, the organization that I founded with my husband, support um, are not for profits. And so they're, um, they're, they're organizations that see a need on the planet. Um, it could be um, helping young girls who are pregnant and need a place to live and need an education. There's so many different varieties of things. But what I'm fascinated by with the not-for-profit world is how many people I've met over the years who have seen a need in their communities and have said, I want to help. I want to make a difference. And there are avenues and channels within most governments um, for people to establish uh, a not-for-profit. And in many cases, there's even a way if there's a U.S. address uh, involved or a U.S. member of a board to establish a, a 501c3 in the U.S., even if the organization is, is established in another country. Um, and if so, then that encourages Americans who are very generous by and large. I think Americans have more of a history of donating than, than most nationalities do. So um, it's always very useful to have a 501c3 designation. Uh, that can back up the work that's being done. That's kind of a complex response, isn't it? Maybe I gave you more than you wanted to hear and maybe not the right thing, but. No, that's amazing. I think that that gives a really good understanding of what is on this world, because sometimes when you say nonprofit, it's so broad. So yeah. people sometimes don't get a grasp on what is it? So I think that that was really, really great. Thank you so much. Majima, make one more yeah. comment about not-for-profits not too that people don't understand. And that's that's in some not-for-profit situations, um, there is a fee being charged for service. Um, for example, a not-for-profit might offer classes uh, in leadership or um, in teaching another language or um, doing a service for the community that um, maybe it's educating little children. Um, there are many things that, that, that the service can charge for. And people sometimes say, well, that shouldn't be. Why are you charging if you're a not-for-profit? But the idea is that it's literally not-for-profit. But profit is different. Profit is what's left after the basic needs are met. So I think it's very important to distinguish that it's okay for a not-for-profit to charge for service. What's not okay is for there to be a lot of extra money at the end that is then distributed for, um, you know, to stockholders or something like that. Thank you so much for this, uh, for this comment. I think it's really, really important. Um, mm. I think it's a really, really um, important comment. So thank you so much for that. Um, Going a little bit on more on, on your career and your work, um, could you tell us a little bit of what do you do on, in your position on, in, on, in both nonprofits that you mentioned, uh, Purpose Earth and on the one about cultural exchange? In cultural exchange, uh, I am, well, until the pandemic, we had about um, 12,000 participants a year and about 150 employees. Um, now we have fewer, but we still have a lot. Um, we're rebuilding, which is really nice. So my job as CEO, which um, generally stands for Chief 
executive officer, but I always referred to myself as chief empowerment officer because one of my, I always considered one of my main jobs to empower staff. So to find ways for them to feel that they were growing within the positions that they were working in. Um, so a, a lot of my work was involved with um, everything from making decisions about hiring to making decisions about uh, um, the types of programs that we would be offering, like making um, investigating what kinds of programs were possible for students to participate in, like uh, living with a host family in another country and speaking English with that family so they could learn the language or sending teachers to Myanmar and Thailand and Vietnam and different countries to teach English to kids. So a lot of my work was involved with, um, and still is, with finding opportunities for cultural exchange programs. And a lot of it is also advocacy. So I often go to Washington um, and go to the Hill uh, to speak with um, the, the con Congress people's staff or sometimes directly to con Congress people um, to talk to them about supporting the programs that we do. And another thing that I've helped um, work on is I work with young people to prepare them to give uh, talks to members of the Department of State. So we go to Washington together and we do public speaking classes and um, and then they give talks to members of the Department of State to explain to them the benefit of cultural exchange. So that's a little bit of a pretty big job at, at Greenheart. Um, and then with Purpose Earth, um, yeah, I do it strictly as a volunteer. It's something that my husband and I established um, sort of as a labor of love, but all of our um, team is paid. Um, and what we do is we are uh, fundraising, I'm spending a lot of time fundraising, doing outreach to convince big corporations and people who are very advantaged to make contributions to purposers so that we can give donations and grant money to help people carry out their dreams. And uh, she is the universe was a recipient of one of our grants. And I fell in love with Laura and Sarah. And, um, and that's how I ended up now serving on their board. So that's a lot of my work, but it's also mentoring. So a lot of it is working with um, the grant recipients and I meet with them by Zoom, uh, maybe once a month and talk to them about how we can support them. Uh, we help them with ideas for marketing, with ideas for financing, um, sometimes helping them set up a 501c3 in the US. I love that because Expose a little bit of how uh, any girl who's watching this, um, because girls, I think people in general are so diverse uh, when it comes to interest. And it's so interesting to see how uh, your job involves many aspects and many mm. interests. And I think this is really, really interesting. So thank you so much for that. Um, so um, my next question, um, is about the future and what do you see uh, for the future when it comes to your career? Is there any dreams that you have not achieved yet and you're unexpected? 
on anything, on, yeah, any objectives that you really, really want to achieve? Hmm. That's a great question, Maju. Um, you know, it's interesting. When I was a girl, I thought that people my age were really old. And, um, and now, um, now I'm, you know, I've arrived older than I thought I might live to be. I'm over, I'm 60, which isn't that old, but it's, it's older than, I always thought it was just ancient. And suddenly I'm realizing like, there's a whole nother, I feel like I'm sort of a kid again, because I'm, I'm starting to step out a little bit from Greenheart and I'm getting more involved with Purpose Earth. Um, but I'm also looking at other things. And, and what I'm seeing is that we are born again so many times in our lives. And that um, sometimes we feel that everything is this, this uh, that we live in this linear path where we have to have certain markers all along the way and we're young and then we're middle-aged and then we're old and then it's over. And um, But I, I think what happens actually is that we have opportunities to become kids again, again and again. And, and part of it is recognizing that we learn throughout our lives and that we expect that we are going to know it all by a certain age. And I, as we get older, I think we recognize that we really don't know anything. <laughs> so so, um, so the, the older I get, the more I recognize that I have so much yet to learn and that there's so many opportunities out there. And we're so fortunate to live in a time where women have these opportunities not everywhere i appreciate that but there are countries i know that that i work with that women for nepal for example as a country where there's so few opportunities but it's something that i'm um, serving on another board to to work on right now but um but i see myself uh really reinventing me again um, over the next couple of years, there are several goals I have for. I want to learn more about philanthropy, about how I can help to really make a difference. There's so many people in the world with so much money, so with huge, huge sums of money. And I'd like to, to get better at learning how to help them learn to share that with other people. Because I think the world is, is only as good as all of us are together in it. And so when we make sure that others are comfortable and have opportunities, it makes the world a better place for everyone. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. What would you say for a girl that, right now, because we have in our community, she's universe, we have so many brilliant girls who are, are doing amazing work um, to make their communities better or want to make amazing work to make their communities better. And it's just beautiful to see. So what would you say to a girl that really wants to take action and make their community better, even if in the future that project becomes a nonprofit? What would you say would be like the first steps that they can make to get into this world? Well, something that um, a couple of quotes that I, I'd like to share. One is, um, is Mother Teresa's quote that not everyone can do great things that everyone can do small things with great love. And I think part of it is starting with recognizing that, that I, sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to think that we have to make these enormous inroads um, to be successful. And um, a lot of the times it's really the small things that we do with, with a lot of love 
that make the biggest difference in our own lives and in the lives of others. And Laura Pena um, has said, you know, if you really want to find your passion, find what makes you cry. I so agree with that. I, I think it's, if you really want to find your passion, it has to be something that just not only makes you cry, but makes your heart sing when you do it. And, you know, it could be, it could be something so simple. Uh, you know, there's a, a beautiful young woman that, that Laura introduced us to named Nikaris, and who maybe you've met. Um, and she had this dream that she was worried about little children being on the street before elementary school begins in the Dominican Republic. There really isn't any place for a lot of these kids to go. And she wanted to start a school. And she started just teaching them a little bit, like finding children that she knew in the area that didn't, you know, whose parents were working, who didn't have the resources to take care of them. And um, she recognized that there was a need there and ended up getting uh, a grant from Purpose Earth and now has a little school and is now teaching these, these little children. And it's just beautiful. But I think seeing the need first, looking around and seeing what, what, what are the needs here? And I've worked with some extraordinary young people in Africa and the Caribbean and South America, all over the planet, young women, mostly women, who saw a need. For example, um, I work with a, a beautiful woman in, in Ghana whose name is Timatina, and I met her when she was about 19. And her goal was, um, she said that she really wanted realized that these little villages in Africa, that they were covered with plastic, you know, plastic bottles that had been thrown everywhere. And she went online and learned some crafts to turn the plastic bottles into beautiful pieces of artwork. So she would wrap them in beautiful threads and put little flowers on them and cut off the tops and use them for flower vases or pencil cases or things like that. And then she went to these villages and she applied for a grant um, through Greenheart. And it wasn't a very big grant, but with the, with the money, it was enough to start a project where she could buy art supplies and go to this little village in Ghana and work with these lovely young women who had never done an art project before. They'd never worked with scissors and glue and pretty colored threads. And they converted this plastic into beautiful things that they sell now in some of the markets. I mean, that's just one example of so many. But I do think it's important to remember that there are opportunities to apply for grants too. That there are a lot of grants out there. It takes some research and some going online and looking for them. But there are grants that provide opportunities to young people to help with things like this. And there are a lot of NGOs that are very welcoming non-governmental organizations that are around the planet that like to make connections with with people who are within communities and doing work that resonates with them. So what I've discovered with a lot of people who apply for grants is that they're, they're, they're very creative. They have a great vision for something that they want to accomplish in their communities. And then they've teamed up with, you know, sometimes it's, it's with a, an NGO. Sometimes it's even with a big corporation who will discover them. Sometimes if you go to, um, you know, the major city near you and you make an application, a lot of corporations are very interested in doing something that makes, is, allows them to give back because their employees expect it. And young people now working for big corporations 
don't want to work for companies that don't have provide some kind of meaning beyond just making a profitable company. So many of them are providing grants and opportunities to to young, passionate people in towns all over the world. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. And what is said about Nikaris, and I invite everyone who's watching this to go to Cheese Universe Instagram and look for the polls where we share a little bit on her school. And it's just amazing. It's beautiful to see her dream mm -hmm. on materializing like that. Um, so it's just beautiful. And thank you so much for all everything, all the tips you give. I think those are really, really important. And it's really, um, it's really true what you said about like corporates on um, trying to starting to give back. And, and every time, every time I think about that, I think about the reason and what you just said about uh, young people wanting to work in a place that gives back. I think, and, and you see this, um, this change in the mindset of big corporations shows the power on of people and the power of young people. I think that's something that we say a lot in She's Universe that we don't want to make girls greater tomorrow because they are already great today. So we don't want that to make like right. just, they don't they don't need to become great. They are already great. So I want <laughs> everyone right. <laughs> I want every girl too who's watching this feel empowered because yeah um because everything you said is just beautiful and everything you said, I think it has so much meaning um, get, that goes beyond career. And I think it's a more related to purpose. I don't know. I feel mm -hmm. like more connected to purpose. So thank you so much for exactly. all of that. Exactly. Yeah, it is about purpose. It's about finding one's purpose. Um, another place that you can send people, I, I just put this to you. Um, but PurposeEarth.org, which is the organization that, that Emmanuel and I started together, they, people can go online there and they can also see examples of, of the types of um, grants that we've given over the years. And it might um, spark some creative interest and ideas of things that people can do. So that might be some inspiration too. Uh, for everyone who's watching on the link for the purpose earth is going to be in the description and if you're watching this on the galaxy just go below on the text on and you can below on the post and you're going to see on the link for purpose earth thank you so much laura i think this was just a rich and empowering conversation uh, i just loved everything that you just said i would give anything to have had a she is the universe in my life when i was a girl i really mm -hmm. could have I had no idea. I didn't have a, a mentor until I was much older. And I think if I had had something like She is the Universe, it would have helped me find my path sooner. But um, but I, I do think it's very important to listen to this, to read the signposts along the way, to be still enough inside that we see the messages that that are given to us because there's lots of them there. We just open our eyes to them. Um, I guess Laura and Sarah makes that very clear, but on your support is really, really important for us, um, for our development. So thank you so much for all of that. And to everyone who's watching, uh, thank you so much for your time. 
And I'm sure this conversation was so empowering for all of you. And I'm sure uh, this conversation had a lot of value to all of you. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Laura. And as I mentioned before, and I will keep repeating this, uh, this was a beautiful and empowering and magical conversation. I think there are so many lessons within it. And it's just a privilege to be here uh, listening to your story. So thank you so much for that. Thank you, Maju. You you are a great interviewer. So keep up the great work. You have a, a good future in it. So <laughs> thank keep, you. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> thank you. So, girls, um, to everyone who's watching, thank you so much for watching. And make sure to go to She's the Universe on website and learn a little bit about our programs, about what we do. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter to keep up to date to everything that we do and that's it thank you so much for your time and i hope you all enjoy this conversation <laughs> <laughs>